Hello, this is Talking Dogs, the podcast that sees me using my near on 15 years of experience as a dog trainer to give you advice about your dog's behaviour. It's also an opportunity to catch up with owners whose dogs I've recently worked with. Now, my name's Graham Hall. I sounded a bit like Michael Caine there, didn't I? Um, but I'm sometimes known as the dog father. And that's because across my career, I've helped over 5,000 dogs and the people that they've been running ragged. I lend advice wherever I can in one-to-one sessions, my books, on TV's dogs behaving very badly, and right here on this podcast. Today I want to talk about dogs that have very strong opinions about their walks. Now stick around to hear the advice that I give to an owner struggling to get her stubborn Weimaraner back on lead at the end of walks. But first though, a dog that refuses to go on a walk in the first place. I met Linda and daughter Lisa for TV's Dogs Behaving Very Badly because German Shepherd Cross Buddy refused to go for a walk with just mum, Linda. So Lisa had to be there. And that was an issue because she wanted to move out of mum's house to get married. Well, Lisa, Linda, great to catch up with you both. Now, talk us through uh, what going for a walk with Buddy, or maybe I should say, maybe I should put walk in quotation marks, really. What what did it used to be like? Hell, he just decided he wouldn't, didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. And so he just stood like a frozen statue, mm. and I could not move him. The only time he'd move is when I say, all right, we'll go home. Yeah. And then he'd turn around and come back. But he just would was, not go any further without two of us. It, first of all, he wasn't getting very far from the house at all before he stopped, was he? No. It's because of the lockdown. In the lockdown, Lisa was home, obviously. She was on furlough. And yeah. she was coming out with me. He decided, I want two of them. Yeah. So when she went back to work, I couldn't move him. He was waiting for her to come and go with us. All of a sudden, he decided... He didn't want to go. He wanted two of us all the time. And um, he just wouldn't move. And of course, that was a problem because Lisa wanted to, um, well, to move out and get married, I seem to remember. That's right. So what I spotted when I got there was, um, well, let's let's be right. He was being just a tiny bit spoiled, maybe. Because um, you got him as a rescue dog, of course, and felt sorry for him, which is understandable. But you ended up sort of like hand-feeding him little bits. I remember the yoghurt lollies you were making as well. I'm thinking, I remember thinking, if I die and go to heaven and come back as a dog, I want to end up in, in your house in Peckham. That was lovely. But on the other side, when he decided he didn't want to go for a walk, what he said really went didn't it he rolls us so the reason i brought up that i felt that you know he was, he was maybe a bit spoiled was that i think it was affecting how he saw you and you know and how seriously he took any commands that you were giving him and it also affected how you were giving those commands in the first place because it, it you just didn't come across as being particularly strong in your convictions so in order to get him to walk, what I thought was, well, we needed to start in the house. Now, I mean, luckily, he would just plonk himself down in the living room. So that seemed an obvious place to start because, well, think of it this way. If we couldn't fix it in the living room, we got no chance out on the street. So let's go through this step by step. First of all, I, I chose to put him on lead, which is a, a slightly unusual thing to do, perhaps in a house. But the reason for that was, well, if you haven't got him on lead, you're saying, right, come on, then off we go. And he goes, no, I'm sitting down. Goes, what are you going to do, really? So if he's on lead, he's attached to you. You know, it really gives you the ability to lead him, uh, if you'll excuse the pun. That was the first thing to do. And then just to get your voice command right. So I, I just needed you to sort of say, come on, then, off we go. And it's, I'm not 
too bothered about words in most situations it's the tone right so there's a big difference isn't there between you know that come on then off we go and what kind of you were doing previously which was sort of like asking permission or negotiating come on buddy do you want to come you know because it, it doesn't show any conviction I, I say it like i just expect it to happen and guess what sometimes it just does and it, it really did with buddy didn't it and then the next thing was the movement so when i said i was going i just went <laughs> you know it's like come on and i'm going and when he didn't come immediately little nudge on the collar little tap down the line and he came with me but that movement also doesn't look negotiable you look really hesitant so you know you're like am i gonna go am i not and he's sort of negotiating again he's like nah, you don't mean it you know i can do what i want whereas with me it's like blimey okay he's off I, i'm attached to him but I, I better get up here you know and then as soon as he made a movement any movement he's getting oh good boy from me and quite a bright kind of praise as well because i'm trying to lift him a bit but no the conviction is the key there there's no, none of that back and forth conversation between you and him you know are you gonna come are you not it's like no come on mate we're off in a nice way but it's you know it's it's gonna happen come on off we go how did you feel when it just worked for me? Well, I was disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> Not fair, my yeah. baby. <laughs> I get I get the impression you're being polite because we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, there was a couple of things there. Yes, you're right. There was a couple of little, uh, a little tug on the lead. But, I mean, nothing nasty or hard. It's just a nudge, really. It's the equivalent of like a tap on the shoulder, but down the lead. But the big thing as well was that you know walk with conviction when i set off i set off didn't i it's like i'm going you're coming and he kind of went oh yeah okay then and then the big deal was getting you to do it of course because me doing it and showing off is one thing but it, it's there's no point in it unless you can do it but actually i think you actually surprised yourself didn't you i did i did he actually come with me when i done it and it was going fine and how did that make you feel great I had my baby walking again. <laughs> and, and Lisa, you, you were sort of in the wings watching. Uh, you know, what, what were you thinking at that point? I couldn't believe that she'd actually got him moving because yeah. we've seen it so many times where he just refused mm. and he'd stop in middle of roads and, yeah, and I'd have to go out and sort of let him see me so he'd move. And mm. just to see her walk off with him was just unbelievable. And, and, and presumably you must have been thinking, oh, there's lights at the end of the tunnel, maybe I can leave home and get married. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, the question is, uh, how do you translate things that you've done inside to the outside? Well, essentially, you do the same thing. Um, the message really to Buddy was, hey, mate, what you just did in the living room, we're going to do that outside. Now, naturally, as you go out the door, that's the critical moment where a dog's likely to go, nah, nah, this is different, not on your nelly. But if you show that conviction and all of that stuff about the right body language, getting the movement right, you know, the right tone of voice, nice, but not negotiable, it'll just work. Now, to get things moving inside, I phrased him. If there was just the slightest bit of movement, because you've got to start somewhere, and he's got to know he's on the right track, yeah? But as you started to move outside, I'm thinking, oh, he's really got it here. He really has sort of gone, yeah, okay, you're the governor, I'll just walk with you. And at that point, if you were praising him for every bit of movement, you'd be just non-stop talking, and it, it's like wallpaper in the end. So the trick then is, once you've got something good and it's really working, just reward the best moments. Maybe that's when you stop at the traffic lights and then you move again and he just moves. Or, you know, there's a, he saw something, you thought he might stop and he didn't. So you've gone from praising the slightest thing 
to actually praising just the best bits. And I think there's a there's a kind of takeaway lesson for everyone in that. I'll tell you something about um, producing the TV show, which is quite interesting. And that's that TV people always want me to try that bit harder. They always want a, the dramatic ending. Of course they do, you know. And it's a good thing because it pushes me a bit more. But the, the crew told me that there was a park just down the road. And I thought, okay, that's fine. Maybe it's just the end of the street. But no, it was, it's a fair old way down the Peckham Road there. Um, I said, do you, know, do you think we can get him to the park? I thought, well, well, let's just give it a go. And, of course, it was important to keep an eye on him, make sure he was happily walking with you. But I, I was... Pleasantly surprised once you started walking, there was no stopping you. I mean, you literally just walked and walked and walked. I could hardly believe what I was seeing. And then Lisa, I've been doing that outside training just with your mum, but then you came and joined us at the park after. Maybe you could describe the scene when you entered the park. I just remember walking up and I was like, well, where are they? Because I see you, but I didn't mm. see them. And I just thought, where are they? And then when I see them at the end of the park, I was just, yeah, it was just unbelievable. I didn't think it would work that quickly. No, sometimes things really do. And it was funny because I, <laughs> I saw you coming in and I thought, this is great. Because one of the, the camera operators just needed some extra shots. So it's like, oh, you know, Linda, you think you can just walk him over here for us? Well, that would have been impossible, wouldn't it? Just just an hour or two previously. He was like, yeah, sure I can. So perfect timing, really, for you to walk in. There was a sort of moment really there where it's like, right, oh, I think your mum's got something to say. Do you remember? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I think the exact phrase was, you can bugger off now, I don't need yeah, you anymore. You can get on your bike now, I've got my boy That's back. <laughs> <laughs> I think the key thing there was, it was about, you know, just sort of showing him that, no, you know, it's not about bossing him around or being nasty and all those kind of things. It was just, you know, come on, we're off. You know, it's that walk like you mean it, bit of conviction. Sometimes it really is, you know, as simple as that. I mean, more generally, um, there's loads of reasons why dogs might be stubborn about going for a walk. I mean, they might be scared of the outside world, and I, I didn't get that impression with Buddy at all, really. Or other times, I would certainly sort of say, look, we, we need to get a vet check here. You know, if you've got a dog who's stopping on a walk, then there is perhaps a medical reason. So, you know, before you sort of rush into anything, um, I'd be sort of down the vet. But, you know, you've been checked by the vet, and he was okay, but he was overweight, wasn't he? I think he was, if I remember rightly, he was 72 kilos, wasn't he? He definitely was. Yeah. He's still overweight now because of the leg. He won't move. Yeah, so since we met, so I heard that he's had a ligament problem since uh, since I saw you. That's right. So we're yeah. trying to get that under control because he was starting to lose weight. Was he? Yeah. He was losing weight and we were going down the park and it, it was lovely. Yeah. And now it's all come to a standstill at the moment. Right. What do the vets say? Do you think he'll be up and up and about soon? It sounds like a long job, a ligament. Well, she said it'd be about six weeks. And so it was all going kind of well before you had that problem. But hopefully you can get back to it and you know how to do it now, don't you? Well, I hope he remembers and does as he's told after this. Well, here's the thing. Often what happens, you know, things are going well and then something happens like this, like a little medical problem. And if you lose faith yourself, when you get back to it, you're going to struggle. So what you need to do when he is ready, and, and obviously you must take the vet's advice on it, but when he is ready to go for a walk, and, I, and I'm sure the vet would advise go for a little walk to start with, it's really, you know, pressing the reset button in your own head and going, right, okay, 
so you can do this it's fine obviously we've got to be kind to him and understand him but it's like mate we're going to go for a little walk you know um even if it's just the end of the drive and back initially but it's doing it with conviction it's remembering the stuff that that you know you learned back then really it's like come on off we go I've, i'm bound to ask the question lisa have you moved out yet uh not yet <laughs> Not yet. No. When are you going to be moving out? Well, the wedding's in July. And as we're recording this, it's the end of Feb, so you ain't got long. No, um, it'll be around that time. Fair enough. But, Linda, presumably now, no fears about Lisa moving out, because you know you can cope, don't you? Oh, I, can. I will be able to cope, yeah, now, definitely. Yeah. I'll, I'll pack days. her bags. Yeah. <laughs> You've gone from, you ain't moving, I need you, to I can't wait for her to go. Is that right? That's it. <laughs> and are you still spoiling him? Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I knew change. that was going to be the case. That will never change. Well, you know, quite right that you love your dog. We all do. But I think sometimes you can just, you know, you just got to be careful you don't overdo it. I mean, but the point is, it's a shame about the, you know, the ligament issue, that, you know, having popped up and, and put an end to your fun because it sounded like it was all going really well. Well, I think... You know, you'll get back to it. You know, listen to what the vet says and obviously don't go too soon. But uh, you've got the tools to do the job now, haven't you? Definitely. I'm not pulling my hair out anymore, so everything's going to go smooth now. And if it don't work next time, I'll have to scream out, Graham! Yeah, if you're struggling, once he's once he's fully recovered, um, you've got two options, really. Either give me a shout or get Lisa to move back in. Except next time, it'll be with her husband. I'd sooner get you in than her husband. I thought you might say that. <laughs> Well, if Buddy was stubborn about going out for walks, I've now got a dog who refuses to go home after a walk. Natasha's emailed me about her 13-month-old Weimaraner Duke. Now, she says he gets long walks every day with a stick and, and ball throwing, but towards the end, he starts keeping his distance and hanging back just out of reach when I want to put the lead back on. And now I've tried ignoring him. I've tried running in the other direction. I try my best not to chase him, and he looks like he's actually laughing at me. Um, any tips and tricks? Well, there's a good one. Um, Vimeras, very active dogs, 13 months old. He's he's in the prime of youth, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, he, he, he could run around all day long. He could walk all day long, and he's never really going to want to go home. Now he's discovered it's like a kid in a sweet shop out there, I guess. First of all, before I go any further, let me have a quick word about sticks. Um, you've got to be really careful throwing sticks. If you're unlucky, if you throw it and it and it sort of you know um, lands so it sticks in the ground a bit, um, a fast-moving dog going to get it, you can see where this is going. It can it can end up jamming in their throat. And from time to time, vets do see this where a you know a stick basically has gone through the back of the throat. So that that's a terrible thing to happen. If you really really must use a, a stick, it just make sure you've thrown it far enough that it's absolutely landed before your dog could possibly get to it but better still there are alternatives if you go down a pet shop you can find sort of like rubbery things that are in the manner of a stick same sort of length and if you chuck one of them they bounce further as well by the way which is more fun but they're safe so i i, I couldn't move on before i told you that right then let's talk about you know how to get your dog used to having the lead put on i think the trick there is is to put it on and take it off and put it on and take it off because the big problem from your dog's point of view is that i go out for a walk i'm taking off lead i get to run around i get to play there's me ball there's everything there's me mate over there when the lead comes back out it's game over literally right so why would i run back to mum to get the lead put back on to go home 
I've got a better idea. I'll run around. So what you want to do on your walk is lots of little intervals of, you know, the, the lead comes off. He has a little run around, comes back. More on that in a sec. Lead goes on, a little bit more walking. Lead comes off. You can see what I'm saying there, yeah? So he's just like, the lead goes on, it's no big deal because there's going to be another run around in a minute. So how to get him to come back? What's what's my best advice on recall, I suppose, is what we're saying here. Now, you've tried uh, ignoring him, which is pretty good, actually. Uh, you're not chasing after him, so kind of ticking a box there because that is very tempting uh, when your dog's not coming back. You run after him, he runs further, you run further, he runs further. That's the greatest game known to dog right there. You could just continue in the opposite direction. Now, if you've got a dog who's a bit nervy, that might work, right? So you call his name, you know, Fido, come. Fido goes, nah, not doing it. You go the opposite direction. He thinks, oh, no, 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 don't abandon me. And he runs to you. Whereupon you go, yeah, yeah, good boy. Maybe give him a treat. Now, that's fine if your dog is inclined to, well, actually be perturbed by that, let's just say. My guess is that Duke probably isn't, from what you're saying. I reckon you could walk the opposite direction, and he'd be like, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya, I'm quite happy here, I'll play with me mates, I'll, I'll throw my own sticks and I'll try and find my own way home later. So that's not probably an option for you. Really, you need to give him a good reason to come back to you. Um, so if you're going to use treats for recall, make sure it's something a bit special. Uh, and that might be a little bit of chicken breast, for example, a little bit of cheddar cheese hard cheese something like that but little dices so that he runs back and he gets something that he doesn't normally get so there's a clue don't give him those special things any other time we want to make that connection that ah right if i hear somebody shouting do come or whatever then i run back and i get that special treat but make it fun right he's having loads of fun out there so as he comes barreling back towards you skip the opposite direction run backwards if you can careful but we want him to think oh yeah i can get that i can get that great fantastic blimey she's moving away from me i need to get a shift on here so he gets a wiggle on you give him a treat everything's great so i spend a lot of time telling people to be calmer with their dogs because most problems are too much excitement for recall forget that you want as much excitement as you can muster and actually, women are usually better than men at this because women have got no problem standing in a park and doing the doolally stuff and having a bit of fun, whereas your average bloke's a little bit, <laughs> a bit reserved. It's like, oi, Duke, come here. And Duke's thinking, why would I? So to recap, practice the lead going on and off at lots of different times so he doesn't associate lead on with game over. Train a really good recall. Start somewhere easy, somewhere with less distractions. Make sure there's a good treat for it. Make it great fun. And it's just a case of practice, practice. Remember, he's a young dog. He'll get there. You can see for yourself just how stubborn Lovely Buddy used to be by catching up on his episode of Dogs Behaving Very Badly on My5. And every Tuesday, you can watch a new episode of the show on Channel 5. What is it that your dog does that drives you barley? Is it their, is it their barking? their lack of recall, or, you know, perhaps they're struggling with some sort of separation anxiety. Well, well, look, send me a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com uh, and I could be offering you some advice in a future episode. I might have already covered an issue you're having. Well, you can always scroll back through your podcast feed and listen to loads of other episodes when you need them. Until next time, then, take care of yourself and your dog, won't you? Bye for now. <laughs>